This is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Wherever you find us, whether it's a video or podcast on your favorite platform, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. You can also find us on major social media platforms. If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, you can find links to the videos or MP3 files, which you can download and enjoy without commercial interruptions. If you're into classic horror, ghost, and adventure stories, I narrate Nightshade Diary, and you can find links at NightshadeDiary.com. If scary stories are your bag, and listening to encounters with cryptids, ghost, dogman, and other weird creatures sends a shiver up your spine, then go to SupernaturalStoryTime.com for links to our weekly podcasts. Noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird can be found at eerie.news or visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Please subscribe to my newsletter on Substack. Just go to mppelliser.com for a link. I want to thank you for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi, guys. How is everybody doing? Good, I hope. I'm doing well. Yes, if you caught last week's uh, show... For the video version of it, you caught that I did a tour of my chickens, okay, the one, my blind rooster, uh, my three roosters in therapy, I kind of did like in my chicks that I have, that I still haven't let loose yet, so, so far everything is good, um, nothing uneventful, uh, I do have, and I, and I showed it, I have my, uh, renegade chickens, like there's always somebody that's, uh, you know, sitting on eggs when they're not supposed to, but that's, that's what you get when you have chickens, so anyway. So if you want to see more on the chickens, I did keep my promise. Just go to my previous week's video version. You'll see it. Let's get on to the sponsor. The sponsors plan to stay safe. And what they do is these, they have a bunch of neat little um, gadgets, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, basically, like a, let's say you're traveling and you need an alarm. You want to hang it on your doorknob. So it'll go off. Let's say you're in a hotel room. They got stuff like that. They've got like smaller diversion safes. This is for the person. Maybe you have a rental or, you know, you just need a place to maybe hide some, a little bit of cash or some jewelry. They've got these smaller uh, type of diversion safes that you can like just put away somewhere and just, just to help you out there. Um, they have, a, uh, they have hidden cameras. They have cameras that on your eyeglasses, if you want to do that, they even have stuff like uh, necklaces and they have a hidden camera. They have a pen, you know, all that spy stuff uh, nowadays, you know. And, you know, in other words, you know what? It's a little bit obvious when you do, hey, I'm going to film what you're doing. Well, if maybe you anticipate <laughs> that you might find yourself in a scenario where you want to record somebody, Check them out, plantostaysafe.com, plantostaysafe.com. They have a bunch of neat stuff there. And by the way, they also have a complete line of self-defense products for women. And I know men will use them, but I say women because I know men sometimes go, I don't need that. Okay, yeah, but anyway, a lot of neat stuff. Anyway, guys, let's get on to the good part. The good part is who I have as a guest tonight. This gentleman, this is his first time here on Stories of the Supernatural. His name is Cameron Logan. And he has the My Alien Life podcast. And basically what it does is it documents his experiences that he's been trying to explain most of his life. And uh, on it, you know, he talks about UFO, alien, and abduction experiences. 
Uh, and of course, what I think everybody wants to that's um, has any interest whatsoever uh, in ufology is to uncover the truth. Since about 1970, uh, Cam has had experiences that may sound familiar, may even revive memories. Some of you have kept secret or have ignored or as an act of self-preservation have forgotten on purpose. He has done all of the above. This is a UFO story, an alien story, an abduction story, but mostly it is a story of survival and coping with fear and memories. And it is true. Cameron relives his experiences through his amazing guests and their conversations draw upon incredible parallels. The show is about the person behind the experience. There is a reason so many people share extraordinary experiences and Cameron tries to uncover that. Most of his life was very uneventful and Cam grew up just like most of you. He had lots of friends, went to school, rode his bike, went to high school, college, got married, had kids, a fairly typical American life that was interjected with some terrifying moments that he is now talking about for the first time. Some of those moments he remembers like he was living them right now. Others he has tucked away and they show themselves in unusual ways. Join the experience with Cameron Logan and his podcast, My Alien Life. So can't wait to speak to him. Help me welcome him. How are you doing today, Cam? Thanks for having me, Marlene. You look great. This is a fantastic show. I mean, um, you emailed me a while back, and I'm just not to worry about that. It's <laughs> I mean... so cool. It's so cool to discover this because it's great. Oh, thank you. So and you know what? Just... It, it's. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to say that this is what it's about, right here. You and me. It's not about sure. Bob Lazar on CNN yes, or Jeremy Corbell. This is what we do, and this is what's real, right here. Sure. Absolutely. Can you, I mean, you know the difference, right? Because we, we're we not – I'm not getting paid, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. And um, so I'm not out to make any money. I mean, this is fun and, and um, sure. um, therapeutic. It's it's so many different things in it. What we do is, is for other people, not just – Exactly. Numero-no. Because let's face so. it, like you made a – Lazar, okay, you know, you're a scientist – <laughs> working for a very uh undercover ufo you know of course not surprising that very you know weird things happen to you or you realize but like you said that's not the common person that's out there right. that has had right, right. um and uh, one of the things which i think is very interesting i did hip- i was a hypnotist for many many years and yeah, I, that's cool. I i spoke to a lot of people with trying with recovered memories i said sometimes people will come to me because they forgot where they hid the jewelry, believe it or not. Right. And, you know, sometimes when you said that thing about memories popping back up, mm-hmm. people don't realize that two people could have the same experience. One will remember it, as terrifying as it is. And the other person, your brain will always find a way to shield you. In other words, to keep yes. you sane, to make it short. Yes. And it will bury it. And a lot of people don't think, how, how can that be? All right. This has happened even to witnesses of traumatic events that sometimes they remember things years and they're like, yeah, why are you remembering it now? Your brain will try to keep you sane until it's ready right. to remember. And by the way, some people are never ready. Some people exactly. go to their grave exactly. with these yeah. hidden memories that mm-hmm. the brain says, you know what? If you ever recall this in like a PTSD moment, like full mm-hmm. throttle memory, you're going to lose it. You're going to crack up. So we'll just keep that put away and then every once in a while like you said people will have either this listen to a conversation like ours or description or something and then sometimes they have a full-blown memory other times that they start having really vivid uh dreams 
you know, like symbolic, like weird stuff that you're like, what is that? Which is your, your subconscious saying, okay. But yeah, I absolutely, I agree with you. Um, it's the everyday people out there that I think are the most interesting, uh, when they've had experiences or encounters, whether they remember an actual time or it's a memory. And I think it's important to, to, to note too, that, you know, even, even witnesses at a car accident, you know, mm-hmm. they, they may have two different recollections yes. of what actually happened. So it's not unusual for people to forget it altogether. It's not unusual for two people to have totally different statements about an event. And it doesn't matter what it is, but the more traumatic it is, I think the more they could differ. However, that's why we get together, try to discover this and maybe find sure. common ground where we can bring that together and figure out the real story. Well, you know? I mean, I'm sure you've heard, you know, you have people that, you know, you, when you, they talk about um, alien encounters, you know, mm-hmm. encounters of the third kind. I'm not talking about a sighting. Some of them are like, oh, and you know, and the, the alien, and, you know, came and saw me in my room. And then there's other people that are like, oh my God, you know, this is the most horrible thing. And then, you know, to them, it's a traumatizing event. And we're talking now where the truth lies. Is it the truth for one person and for the other? You know, but let me ask you, what happened to you? Can I give you an example of this? Because this is interesting to me because not only can events vary between people, um, Mm -hmm. one of the reasons is because, you know, um, you think, you know, two people are out in a field and they have this extraterrestrial event, whatever that may be. It doesn't matter. But the Mm -hmm. example would be that one person could remember things and the other one might not remember because they don't think it's important. Um, you know, because we have, we have, have, we have in our brain what we feel is an important event. We have levels of importance and there's that too. It could be traumatic. Then again, it might not be important. So over the last, you know, many, many years, I've been writing a book and I'm rewriting it now because I wanted it to, you'll find out why when it, when when it comes out, but here's, here's the thing. And you're a prolific author. Thank you for Mm -hmm. that. And um, I was looking at all your books earlier today. But um, it's really cool that people can remember different things. However, this is a thing that people always ask, you know, where's the proof? Um, You know, did you bring back any evidence? Um, And that's, you know, like with me, um, no, I I don't have any evidence. But there was one one time that um, something happened and I didn't feel that sort of there's some kind of a little bit of pseudo evidence i didn't feel it was important so um i have these events in my life and i I call them sleep paralysis um lately i've been really stressed out um they've been common maybe in the last month and a half i've had like four of them so one in particular that i started to think about which was uh must have been about 2017 um i got injured i had some surgery and um I couldn't do the things that I used to like to do mountain bike and things like that because I busted up my shoulder and I was a little bit stressed out of that about that. I had this sleep paralysis event, sleep paralysis event, what I call sleep paralysis. But here's the difference. Here's the twist. There was evidence. So I'm in bed. Um, I wake up, you know, and I feel like I'm awake. I'm in this field. Um, it's very odd. Um, everything's gray with this bright light in front of me. And um, there's people out in this field. And 
it kind of goes down over to my right-hand side down to a beach. So lots of tall grass and there's people standing everywhere. And people are starting to rise up into the sky. And um, and I'm taking notice of this. And I, I'm in bed as far as I'm concerned, but I'm also uh-huh. in this field. I can feel myself in bed, but I could feel myself in this field. People are rising up and I see them up in the sky above me, which is crazy. And the light is so bright. It's bright, bright light. I mean, bright white everywhere. And they're just rising up, but they're making little shadows, little dots. And at one point I'm looking at this and it's like, there's a a bunch of people right here kind of together rising up with people around the periphery, like making little dots. And it sort of reminded me of maybe a, a, a strange cat's paw that has, you know, right. 15 toes, you know, instead of what, four or five toes, whatever the cats have. And then the dark center with all these little kind of toes around the edge. So I see this. Um, I can't move. I'm, I, I feel I'm in my bed. I can feel it. But I'm looking somewhere else through the wall of the room. Um, it just keeps getting more intense and more intense and more intense. And finally, I can move. And get this. So when I finally move, everything goes away. There's my bedroom, there's the walls, there's everything else. And I was like, wow. So that was just a dream, you know. That was sleep paralysis and a dream. So I got up to use the restroom in my house, and I walk in there, and it's kind of a longer bathroom with a white wall. You know how when a flash of a camera or whatever flashes in in your eye and you can see Mm -hmm. um, it it etches it on your retina for a little while and you can see it later? I can see it. I can see it. I can see that on the wall. I'm closing, opening my eyes. I can see that. It's etched in my retina. Right. Just, lo- just like if I was outside and I saw this bright right. light, it's there. And it was there for, it was, you know, in, in the event itself, it was, um, I don't really know how long it lasted, but it was so bright and so intense. And um, just like if you looked into the sun and you can see the sun, as you walk around your neighborhood for 10 minutes later, I mean, this lasted, I, it was like 4.45 in the morning. Um, I woke up like 6.30. I can still kind of see it after mm-hmm. that, you know? And I just didn't really think about that because it's so natural to see that if you're looking at something bright. Exactly. And, um, so, I, you know, I was writing about it. I was like, you know, that's evidence right there. You know, sure. that's different because later I experienced, you know, an hour later or two hours later or whatever, I can still sort of see that that pattern, it's still there. Because if you start to think about it, it's like, if this happened in sleep time, how could it etch itself right. physically right. on my retina? It's just like, like okay, saw, how did that cross over? If you like saw a camera flash or if you looked into the sun or, you know, if you look into the sun on a, a beautiful horizon or whatever, that's sort of etched there and you can see it for, for minutes What feeling afterwards. did you get when you were seeing this? Were you scared? Were you just... Um, no, I was, it. I felt, I felt, uh, I was outside and it was warm. I felt it was, um, you know, an, a warm evening and, mm-hmm. uh, but it, with this intense bright light and the bright light wasn't the sun because the sun doesn't make this intense bright light. I couldn't see the sun, but, um, you know, what I was thinking and at the moment was if, if, if you read like, um, the New Testament and talking about looking in the face of God. Nobody can survive looking in the face of God. You would die, but you're going to see this light, this, this right. bright light. And um, that's what I was thinking. So I was relaxed. I felt like it was okay. I felt like these people were going to someplace nice. And I, 
I wasn't going to go there because I felt like I was in bed, but I was wondering why I was there. So that's unusual. And, um, you know, I guess my, my point of this is that there was proof there later. I mean, I could, I could see this, you know, as I got up, took a shower, uh, I'm going outside, I'm walking through my house to go outside and I could still see that little bit of pattern, you know, if I really looked at it. But um, yeah, at six in the morning, it was see, but see, morning, And it was this is bright. the thing that we get into. Sometimes the best, how can I say it, proof capture is our bodies, but we just can't right. replicate it for somebody right. else to see. You know, how could you, besides talking about it, there's no way that you could transfer what you saw and put it on film and say, look, this is what I saw. Right. Uh, and then, of course, we get into all these things where they, you know, some of these things, they get so caught up providing the proof because they got a million gadgets. And in reality, human beings, sane ones, you know, if you're if you've got a problem, you might not. But your normal everyday person, your body sometimes is the best instrument that you could use to basically um, it's like a gauge. Uh, and you know, you know, if you're in your own skin, you know, um, you know, I'm sure you've heard of people uh, feelings of being watched or they're doing something they're right hiking and they're like all of a sudden i get this feeling like i need to get out of there you know that kind of deal um you know that they're not um in other words i'm not talking about somebody suffering from paranoia you know that of course they're gonna think some people just doing everyday things that their body is whether it's their subconscious mind picking up on something and feeding it to them is their conscious mind is going boop um but that's our our bodies are incredible as far as how much they capture when we're talking about proof, but then again, proof for you. I can reproduce that. You know, I've, I've, I've seen a UFO and I digitally recreated that, even though I didn't have a chance to take a picture of it. Mm -hmm. And with my, um, my iPhone SE that was eight years old, there's no way I could take a picture anyway. Let me ask you something, Mm -hmm. Cam, isn't it? And I tell everybody because I've been, I was doing paranormal investigations since the 1990s, long before they had... I tell everybody, I was doing it when you had to develop film, all right? When right. you had to pay to develop right. film. Don't okay. Yeah. You know, like, sometimes, even if you could never replicate it or prove it, or you recognizing that experience that you had, that you went through your checklist of, you know, I'm, I'm going to the bathroom and I'm still seeing this, you know. Right. You're basically discounting all the plausible things Sometimes there's something that happens when you realize it, that this experience, or in your case, this dream or this waking, there was something beyond, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I did feel it was important at that time. Right. And I really, I really didn't feel that it was important until I actually, you know, I wrote it down. And, but then later I'm looking at this and it's like, why didn't I, you know, this is, this is amazing because you, you normally think of that as just a natural experience. You see some bright light and it's kind of there. Yes. Later. And um, so, but it was there and it didn't go away and it didn't go away. What what was going on? Was there anything going on in your life in those couple of days prior to the dream? Well, yeah, I had, I got injured and I knew I was going to have to have surgery. I was really stressed out. So that's what I've had sleep paralysis before. And it's usually when, when I'm, you know, waking up in the middle of the night, I'm not getting any sleep. And then all of a sudden, you know, I've gone through four days without any sleep and I wake up. So just recently, and I had talked to people about this and, and, um, put a couple of posts on Facebook about that, that, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, several nights in the past month and a half, I, I wake up and there's a struggle 
at the foot of my bed to the left. And what the struggle is, I'm to me, it sounds like people came in my room, they just start going at it, they're fighting. But um, in the sleep paralysis state, paralysis state, I am seeing polygons, two dimensional, okay. like uh-huh. gray, gray shadows that are two dimensional polygons, like overlapping, okay. you know, just just shapes, okay. random shapes, gray shapes overlapping, moving, kind of overlapping each other, maybe three or four of them. And then um, aware that there was noise and I wake up and I can't move and I'm looking at these things and like, what is it? What is it? And, um, How big and are then they? they're, and then they're gone. I would say, um, well, if you get a, <laughs> that big, you know, okay. maybe. Okay. Maybe I'm not talking. Feet. We're not talking. We're like talking like three, three feet, three to four <clears throat> feet in <throat> diameter. And they're sort of round with, with jagged edges, you know, and they're, Aud- over, and you're hearing something also. Oh, absolutely. But I don't really know what it is. I can't really make it out. I can't understand. That is so interesting. When you say struggle, is it like, is it like cloth chafing? Is it breathing? I'm I'm laying there and all of a sudden I, I hear like, let's say like, boom, something falls on the floor. Really? You know, like maybe a, a something like four shoes drop on the floor and make, you know, you can hear Mm -hmm. shuffling and you can hear kind of banging on the wall and you can hear that. Oh my God. um, and I wake up and I can see this just for three or four seconds. I can see these shapes until I'm able to pull myself free to whatever that reaction is that's normal that you can um, actually move because right. I can't move. I can move my head a little bit and I can move my eyes and I can look around, but I can't right. do much. And then suddenly I can. So that there was four, probably three or four of those. I don't remember because they, they weren't that eventful. I mean, as soon as I was able to get up, I jump out of bed. You know, and and the room is normal, but it ended up being before I was able to get my normal sleep back. Um, another one where I was laying on that same in that same grass that I talked about earlier, mm-hmm. which you know that 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 event where I saw the people um, ascending into wherever um, right. that was in 2017 in July, and then. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I'm laying there on my side and I'm sleeping and I can't move. I mean, this is, this is, I can't move at all. Not much is happening, but I feel like I'm laying in that same grass and in that same place. So it was related to that, but I didn't see anything and I just couldn't move. And then I said to myself, this is sleep paralysis. And, okay. um, and I get up and I, and I move because I'm expecting to see something. I can't move my head to see, see over to my right. I'm expecting something, something to be there. And I'm going to get out, get up and go at it mm-hmm. and see it face to face. Nothing's there, but I felt like there was something there. So, um, you know, I've had those many events like that, you know, not in, only in this house, but uh, in other houses over the past a long time. You know, a long time. I would say like 15, 14, 15 was the first time that happened to me. I'm 56 years old. So, yeah. So this, okay. So let's see. Um, But not exactly that. Things like that. Or has that struggle thing. You can look, you can, you know, have podcasts as well as um, written Mm -hmm. um, events. uh, Some, some stuff I put together that isn't a book, but, um, you know, my first real face to face with an alien that I remember 
vividly was, you know, at home. Um, I woke up at 3.30-ish in the morning. Um, all my pillows are stacked up underneath my back. I'm arched back like this, but I can see that way. And there it is right there. Um, what woke me up is somebody, I felt this, somebody just whacked me on the head. I heard it. Mm-hmm. Bam, I heard it. I felt it. I looked over first because I thought my little brother, you know, I thought it was time to get up. And he came down and smacked me on the head, which he would do. And nobody's there. There's the door behind me is another room. And, and we have some um, tomato plants growing in there. It lit my room partially. But right there, this dude is standing there and he's like, it's an alien. You know, but what, when you say an alien, what does it look like? Your your prototypical gray, or... tall, tall, tall gray, but with a slimmer head and and smaller eyes, almond shaped okay. eyes, black black big... eyes. Okay. And he's wearing something that I don't disclose because I want somebody to come up to me and say, "Hey, did your alien have this on?" Okay. okay. I see. And saying. somebody has. So. Oh. So. Not long after I told that story, somebody emailed me and it was like, Cameron, did, you, did your alien have this on? And I, that freaked me out like you cannot even imagine. Right. That gave right. me chills and it brought me back there. But he's there. I can tell he's – I can't see his feet, but I can see that he's floating because here's the object, which is humanoid shape, is uh-huh. moving barely up and down, kind of like bobbing. And it's slowly turning, and he's facing that direction. And he's going to turn toward me eventually because he's turning so slowly. And I thought, oh my God. when he faces me, I'm going to lose my mind, you know. And as he's turning, I could see his downturned mouth, which which we see that now. Um, artists have made mm-hmm. renditions of this, you know, just yeah. for fun. But I saw that, you know, we didn't have that on TV. Back in 1980 right. or whatever it was, you know, that that wasn't a, in the movies. I mean, we saw um, Close Encounters with the little gray dudes. And right. this is a, this this guy is kind of greenish gray and and uh, his eyes are just black, black and turning toward me. And, um, you know, I the proof, you know, I'm holding my bed sheets, sweating and I can barely breathe. My heart is pounding. I can feel sweat running down, especially right here. And I'm just, I can feel my hands going into, you know, my mom probably had bought the cheapest sheets from Sears available at the time. And I could feel, I could feel my hands almost going through them. And, um, it was three something in the morning and I watched this and he's turning. I know he's turning slowly. And I watched this until the birds, I could hear them chirping outside. So what's that? Like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. So okay. an hour and a half, two and a half hours, um, I'm watching this. And, that um, long? That long. I can't oh. move. It's terrifying. I'm dying. I'm thinking, you know, I'm here I am. A, I play basketball. I play football. I'm in track, and my heart's going to explode. It hurts so bad. And I'm watching it and watching it and watching it. And then all of a sudden, you know, of course, um, I wake up. It's like 930, and um, it's their son and little window I had in the basement. It's coming in a little bit. And, um, you know, I can, I get up and I look at my sheets and they're just wadded up where my hands were, uh-huh. you know, and, and, um, you know, I still had the pillows under my, my back. How did the pillows get all stacked up underneath my back? So I'm arched back. It was terrifying. 
and and I never wanted to go back down there again. Um, so jump ahead, however many years it is until maybe it was the last year. My buddy called me. My best friend purchased that house from my parents. Um, my parents moved. Um, I moved, and so you know I'm close to where my parents are now. But we moved about three hours away. But my best friend bought it, and I talked to him one night, and he said uh, he called me, and I, his dog is in the background. He's got a chihuahua. It was so so annoying. He goes, you know what? I said what? He goes, that dog goes to the top of the basement stairs every day and just barks and barks and barks down that stairs. It doesn't matter if we close the door. We got to get rid of the dog. Uh huh. I don't know what it is about basements. I'm sorry. Basements, basements suck. I, you know what? And the reason why I say this, I've spoken to so many people. Yes. yes. That their experiences, whatever, weird, and yeah, it comes, it's, it's at the basement is the source of it. Yep. Or they've witnessed stuff. Um, one time I spoke to this gentleman. We were at a park. As a matter of fact, I filmed him, but he was really nice. It was many years ago. Again, the thing when you see something that you're not really expecting. He right. says he's in, uh, what was it, Queens, New York. And he says, like, a lot of people, you know, they had redone their, the, the basement. And it was like where you put the kids in, like, go watch TV, go down there. And he, same thing, he's a t- teenager. And he says him and his friends would be down there. They would hang out there and watch TV. And he says, you know, every once in a while we would see, like, the shadow of somebody. But we really didn't pay right. attention to it. Like, that, where's that shadow coming from kind of deal? You know, you never didn't follow the idea because I guess at that age, 14, 15, you don't. So he says one day he's down there with just one other friend. And he sees this guy walk across the room. He says, go into a hallway that he says, dead end. There was nothing there. There's no door. There's no nothing. So it was a guy that's dressed like with a three-piece suit, like from the 40s, early 50s. Like, and he says, he looked at his friend and his friend looked at him. He goes, did you see that guy? Yeah. They walked over there. Of course, there's nobody there. They left. It says like a day later, he tells his mom something along the lines of like, hey, you know what? I'm not going back there. You know, and I'm paraphrasing a lot. I'm speeding. Mom tells him that it turns out that that house was, I guess it was an older house that once upon a time there was, I guess there was a trap door that they would open for coal to be brought into the basement. And one of the, the prior owner had fallen through it and died. Okay. And he was like, huh? He said, though, that after that event, that's it. He says, we never saw the shadows on the wall, nothing. And I never saw the guy again <laughs> cross through the basement. Um, and I mean, that's one of many, many stories that, in, 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 or like what you just said, that dogs or animals are like, yeah. there's no way you're getting me down into the basement thing. So Marlene, this is, I had, uh, we had cats, we had this black cat uh-huh. and, um, you know, this cat just kind of showed up for us one day and, um, the cat of course wouldn't go down the basement. So I love this cat. Said, Come on, let's go. Man, he would tear me apart. Wouldn't go down the basement, but get this, you know, you'd like, where's the cat? You know, you'd come to the house. Nobody could find the cat. The cat's gone. Uh-huh. Did he run away? I go downstairs. He's in the basement. He's on the carpeted floor. He's just riveted, glued to it. He won't move. I can't hardly pull him off the carpet. That happened uh-huh. four or five times, you know. And how did he get one. down there? Why did he go down there? Because I couldn't get him to go down there. And then when he's down there, he's crazy. So then the other thing is, you know, going to high school, 
with his wizard science program is great. And, um, all this equipment and, um, we, we had rats, we had mice and, and, um, we had the, these rats, these Chinese hooded rats, they grow rather large and, and use them all kinds of science stuff. But we had those there in this mail that we had, which was big. We kept the male separate, but uh-huh. so, but he still impregnated all the females because he would sneak out of the, the his <laughs> I was gonna aquarium, say, yeah. go all the way across the room. And then one morning I, I had to go to school early. It was there like at six 30. I saw him all the way across the room, run back, get to the <laughs> aquarium. But, um, so we had all these rats. So I brought some home. I think I brought like four males or females. It doesn't even matter. But, um, you know, so I have a, a, a nice aquarium. We used to have fish and I, you know, I set it up really nice. I mean, they didn't last for maybe t- t- less than two weeks. They died. Really? Two times that happened. Two times. That and is so, so, you know, and I'm sleeping down there and I'm like, what is, you know, I mean, this was prior to your thing that you saw. Um, no, just just a little while ways after. I mean, this was right after so beginning of of the alien was the beginning of right at high, beginning of high school, and then maybe when I was a sophomore, junior, something like that with the rats. I've written that down. I can't remember. And there's so much you know that that's happened, but um, but that happened. The other thing that's interesting is you know about the basement is the fact that. And everybody that's listening to my podcast knows this, and I'm talking about this. Um, half of the basement was, it's exactly split in half. Half of it's finished with the bedroom. The other half right. looks like an old basement with storage and concrete right. floor and everything, concrete walls. But you go through the door and take a right, and there's a concrete wall there, and there's an old door. I mean, uh-huh. a really old door, like a 1900 yeah. painted door with a painted doorknob. It's been painted six times. It's got paint peeling off it. And you open that door and you think there's get, can't be anything behind that door because that's where the house ends. Well, the house goes a little bit further and there's a porch on it, which was put on later. So you can open the door and look up and see the bottom of the uh, entryway there. But it's just maybe three rock walls that are go in about that deep and then a rock wall there. And the rocks are like that high and then it's dirt kind of like a crawl space. But why this little thing of these rocks that you know we i live on a, a glacial plain which you know during the ice age after the ice age the uh the glaciers ground all these rocks and they're all kind of rounded out on the prairie and everything like that there's nothing like these things these are kind of oblong shale white whatever they're not even shale i don't know what they are they're but they're all broken each one of them has broken edges on them so they weren't out on this prairie they weren't anywhere near you know, this whole glacial plain where I grew up and, um, and they're whitish, you know, and, and I've never seen a rock like so that. So let me ask you, where does this open up into under your front porch? It's just, one... so, so if you were to go in this, we called it a root cellar and we would, we grew potatoes and we'd throw a bag of potatoes and it would last there for a long time. But okay. It just, it basically is like a little room that's like, like okay. two feet deep by, five and a half feet wide right and that's just barely with, nothing with these just... rocks and the rocks aren't put in there really tight like like yeah they're not they're held together by gravity there's no mortar or anything so uh-huh. then right up here you're looking and, and then there's dirt like the 
the crawl space, which is about that much underneath the, the front porch. Okay, and that's all it. that's there. So it's this And obviously door. there was a door it's put a there. Door, right? That goes nowhere. And, um, and the door itself, you know, you, it's, is way older than, you know, they got it. Mm-hmm. Whoever put that door in there got it from some other house or whatever. Some other dimension. Let me ask you something. What, what, just out of curiosity, what, how old was the house to begin with? Well, I would say it was probably from the 30s or 40s, you know. Okay. Maybe late 30s. And, um, so typically that with that, what they did in that area, they, you know, somebody built a building and then moved it. But this, this one and then put a bunch of houses together because it's in the middle of nowhere. But this house mm-hmm. was actually built there. So the, the regular, the, the, it's a nice foundation. The house is on the foundation. Two-story house. And then later on, they put this front porch on there, which is a closed-in porch and a bathroom. So front porch, bathroom. So, um, which is the same dimension as the width of the house. But, you know, I just, I look, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't want to open that door to go there to get potatoes. Go downstairs and get some potatoes. Like that. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to go in there. We kept squash in there. And we had like, there was like a, couple of shelves that we had put in there and I, I didn't want to go down there and you know i'd open this door that it was hard to open the doorknob right. was really hard to turn whatever and you know it smelled like earth and dirt uh-huh. and uh um what is it you know i asked my parents you know what is this you know it's kind of a root cellar well yeah that could be it that's it could be but where do these rocks come from you know exactly. somebody hauled these rocks in from somewhere else they weren't rocks yeah like like why like a specific purpose for that little room right right that you just can't put your finger on that 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 how's like practical stuff you could you could go behind my house which my house in this place where we live behind the house is just open prairie there's rocks all over the place you could have brought a thousand rocks in from right there um but these rocks Cameron, it's prior weird. to your side, this thing that you had when you were, mm-hmm. did anybody or you or did you ever hear of any UFO sightings in that area, lights or anything like that? Um, well, prior to high school. Um, well, yeah, we, around that, you we, know, that. we talked about it. You know, we talked about it, and that's it's a pretty pretty hot spot. Um, you know, my my buddies and I, you know, I think when we were eight years oldish we could sleep outside at night you know mm-hmm. at the at the time you look up in the sky right now in the same place there's satellites all over the place you, you can't right. go 30 seconds without seeing one then you know you'd see the satellite go over and um, there might be one going this way might be one coming this way it was really cool really right. cool back then we knew what they were however and i've posted this on facebook which is a, a graphic representation of what i would see we'd see you know um, what looked like a satellite coming over, which was like a, instead of like a star, which is shiny and bright, mm-hmm. this was more dull. It kind of looked like a dot, a gray dot. It would go and it would stop. And then it would go this way, make 45 degree turns or any number of turns, or there'd be another one. It would go up to that and stop. And then it would go back down or stop and get brighter and then go another direction these things would stop and i tell people all the time and everybody's getting tired of me saying this if you want to go see a ufo you just come with me to north central montana we'll lay out under the stars and uh, might not happen on the first night 
But, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, I've seen it numerous, numerous times. It's totally legit. And you, I, there's no doubt in my mind. I haven't been camped out there in a long time, but, but I know yeah, that's, that's, I would that's the see thing it. that when you live in an area like it. that, you know, after a while, you see, in other words, c- compared to like living in a, an urban city where, you know, the lights forget it. Uh, there's no way you're going to be able to really. Right. Yeah. There's. No I mean, light. something has to be like really huge for you to say, "Wow, that's a light." But when you live outside of where there's that much light from a city, right? That's when you can you really it. appreciate it. Yeah. So exactly. they can in a city, they can come right down and get you. Yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> and you would the mothership just landed on your right. front lawn, and you're like, "Hey!" <laughs> <laughs> in central Montana at night, we can see them coming from a mile away. But um, I think uh, you know that that's not unusual and um being that you know we're out there and we're kids and there's nothing else to see and we're just laying out there till four in the morning talking about lights in the sky and stars and and um, let me ask you something did your you said you had a brother did any of your i don't know if you had more than one sibling or your parents did they ever have any strange experiences so my little brother seven years younger than i am uh-huh. um he uh it's interesting because um he used to just wake up screaming all the time, just be terrified. Okay. And my mom would go in, what's the matter? They're coming, you know, or whatever. Wow. And, and um, so I remember, I think he was like three or four. And he would tell me that um, these guys with these little gray guy, not gray, little guys with big black eyes would come and get him at night and take him outside. And they would leave him outside. And he would like all of a sudden find himself outside excuse me and he'd have to get in the front door you know and that's um, a weird thing for a kid to say especially at that age so yeah we hadn't talked about it much we've never talked about it much he doesn't want to talk about it um he listens to my podcast and um you know we've agreed that he's going to talk about it and uh that is so that's a very unusual thing for a kid to say you know that right you know we're we're not there and he just he just turned um 50 in May. So we've never talked about it. But, you know, I knew it happened. He's scared to death, you know, and scared, um, scared of being scared, and, you know, didn't, you know. He didn't, well, yeah, right. If I don't talk about it, then I can convince myself it's. I he didn't want to stay in his second floor bedroom. I didn't want to stay in the basement. Really? We used to have, we used to share that bedroom in the upstairs and then. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to be in the house. So what happened? You guys moved away. Did any of these things continue <clears throat> to happen once you moved away? Well, not that, but you know, um, you know, later on when I was married, had my own house, um, some things happened, and um, you know, I went to college, and definitely during college, nothing unusual happened. But um, you know, in the house that I that I moved into and, and was married, had kids in, um, yeah, I had. I, I woke up. There was three events. One was there was sort of sleep paralysis paralysis ish, and I woke up, and it was always I turned my head two times. I turned my head to the right. Um, one time there was a soldier standing there, and it looked like a real pixelated um, hologram. wasn't quite three dimensional. Pretty a little bit three dimensional. It's hard to explain, but he's all pixelated, and it was like I was looking. Um, and an image being projected by an old uh, projector, but you know there was green and it was a soldier, and um, he's looking at me, pleading, you know, and he's talking. Really? 
I can't hear him. He does not make, there's no noise, but no speech, but I'm looking right at his face and then he keeps looking down. And what is he, what time period are we talking about? I I was thinking um, late world war two, maybe Korean war. I don't know. It's okay. I can't remember in detail, but just the coloring made me think of um, maybe Korean world war two, but he's looking down, he's holding his insides, his intestines. He's been blown open. And, um, so, you know, um, I get up and walk through him and he's gone. And then the other one with, which was weird, um, was, um, I look over and I see these sepia tone little family standing there and they're looking, it's like, I, I think they're waiting for a train was my first thing. And mm-hmm. it's it's like in the turn of the century, you know, early nineteen hundreds, okay. late nineteen hundreds. They're all grouped together. They're all wearing heavy clothing, wool looking, and and it's kind of brown sepia tone. And they're talking, and they they know I'm there. They can see me. It's like all and are of a they sudden, life size? No, they're about seventy five percent life size. Okay. As where the soldier, I think he was maybe eighty five, ninety percent life size. He wasn't okay, hundred percent. But they're standing there, and it. It could be that they're further away from me. I don't know, but they can see me, and they're they, they're looking at each other, and they're surprised, like uh-huh. they're talking about me. I can see that, you know. And I was like, "What is that?" You know. And, and so I watched it for a minute or two, and I jumped up and walked through them, and they're gone. But they can see me. I mean, I knew wow. they could see, me. absolutely could see me. And then the third thing, which really reminded me of um, Whitley Strieber communion book. Um, it's, uh-huh. It wasn't the same sighting, but it was sort of the same description. I'm in bed. Instead of looking over here, I'm looking straight there, and there's the doorway to the bedroom, which goes into the living room. And it's um, sun's starting to come up. It's getting bright in there. Um, not bright, bright. Brighter than dark. And um, I can see this like a square robot figure floating, pixelated, same sort of presentation of of but more colorful it's got this weird pointed hat on and uh, it's a square weird robot you know um, remind me of one of my kids um, would read the roly polioli book reminded me of that a little bit about. and um, how, how did you, when you see this how do you feel i mean um tired of that BS because um, you know I had so many experiences younger and just sick of it just that's why the other two I got up and walked through them I was done you know just like now if I suffer sleep paralysis I see something I'm out of bed as soon as I can oh I didn't mention the one of the the sleep paralysis vents I had a little pillow like this Uh and I just went like this as soon as I was able to move I just threw it at the objects and um, got up got up and ran threw them and nothing there and just did my went to the bathroom did my business went back to bed but yeah i just feel like i'm sick of it tired of it and does um, this only open, happen at home or have you ever been like traveling and you've had those experiences it's um, a good question i'm sure it has one of the traveling probably um um there's some weird stuff weird it's staying at my grandparents place and um which I I've thought about and I've read, written about a little bit, but not in in detail. That's one of the things I want to just kind of sit and think about someday. I don't really like to think about this stuff at all. 
because it gets me it gets me uh, there's a lot of emotion there especially especially the alien that I saw um, that was super scary he didn't want to stay in the house anymore um, there was other things where like one let night, me tell you something I'm gonna interject this that two half hour thing to me I, I I'm, I'm thinking that had to have been like close to torture that's the only word too I can long, think of too long that's it was like so torture bad. it was that's so like, bad. No wonder. You know, like, I'm surprised you, you didn't like, hey, I'm going to go sleep in the cars. Yeah. I mean, it's, I passed out apparently because I just woke up and it was 930. But I mean, I held in there for as long as I possibly could. I wasn't going to close my eyes either because I didn't want to blink. I didn't want to, I didn't want to like blink and have this thing like on top of me. I didn't want, I didn't know what it was going to do. And I know this is obviously, obviously you were terrified, but what uh-huh. do you think its intentions were that it wanted you to see it? Or that it was going to try to do something to you? Or maybe that you were, maybe, you know how, like, it's almost like, maybe it's been there before, but this is the first time I've, I've, for some reason, I can actually see it. Well, I've seen it. I saw it again. So (laughs) that's right. And and, um, I saw it. um, I've I've had some, some events where I was missing time. One time, I call it my first kegger. I was, went to a kegger when I was in high school. I didn't drink. I was sitting there and, um, um, all of a sudden I'm, I'm watching people were doing everything. And all of a sudden it's like later three o'clock in the morning and, and it, right. we got to get the hell out of here. We're in trouble because I was supposed to be home hours ago. And it just like that. It was, it, right. It was, it was a big lapse in time, missing time. Um, I know that other people who were there, um, there was a car there and it's like, it's light. The headlights were like dimmer. I thought the battery had run down because it had been right. sitting there so long, which it did. I'm sure it did. But <clears throat> so later on, yeah, my friends and I, um, we're driving and we experienced this all together. I've had them on two of them on my podcast. They don't remember it. I told them for the first time, even though I hinted it. Hinted at it, and they knew something weird had happened. We, I had a flat tire. We got to change the tire. Um, whoosh! We're in some different place. Um, there's two small grays. There's this dude that I'd seen earlier in high school, the tall gray, and he's to my right. And um, that was that was that was two of four times that I've seen him. So he's Let like, me ask something. Every time that you've ex- experienced it, mm-hmm. what's the feeling that you get? How does it? Well, and, and by it, this, I'm saying because I asked specifically, not what you think. What do you feel? First time was terror. Second time mm-hmm. when I saw him with my friends, it was we were standing there, and um, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, this feeling came over all of us at the same time. We were numb. Okay. We were numb, numb. So I was okay. numb. I didn't have any emotions. They didn't have any emotions. We all turned to each other. We looked at each other. They looked at me, but they didn't, I didn't see any recognition of me. I knew what was going to happen. I knew what was going on. They had no idea and they didn't know afterwards. And I knew I was going to remember it. So all of a sudden I'm this thing standing next to me. And from that point on, I felt this, this thing is some stumbling, bumbling, alien that's supposed to keep track of me or get information out and he's not being able to do it and i attribute that because i am 
got this weird mind. My mind is racing a million miles an hour. How am I going get to get out of this and get him? You know, and when okay. I was in bed that time, I was, I don't think I had the thought, I don't think the thoughts I was having were expected by it because okay. it was expecting something totally different and that's not what happened. And so it was frozen in my bedroom. It couldn't move. Every subsequent time I was with it, it was frozen. It couldn't move. And there was some sort of mission for it to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they have some sort of mission. He couldn't do it. He couldn't pull it off. You know, whereas these two grays are getting information from my buddies, like they're they're showing him my buddy's objects sort of with some sort of three dimensional holographic thing that I can't really see. But I know that they're showing like like a tube of toothpaste, a football. And I know they don't know they can't they're out in space. So I contend that they're space. They've always been space travels, born of born of space, space travelers. Um they pop down here once in a while to check us out, whatever. They don't have possessions. That's not right. even a concept. You know, they look down and see us. We have all this sh- stuff. Yeah. You know, computers. <laughs> they don't even comprehend what that even means. So they're like, what, what toothpaste, football, you know, they, they right. look down at us. We're, we're herding cows. We're herding these large animals. You know, I grew up in ranching um, right. area okay. where, there's all these cows. Um, there's cattle mutilations where I live all the time. Um, people live with it. They don't even pay attention to it. They don't even call the police or the sheriff anymore because it's part of life. So they look down. We have dominions over these, these large objects, these cattle. We're cutting their heads off. We're eating them. They can't even understand it. They don't understand what that is, can't even comprehend it. So to me, that's part of their, I hate this word, alien agenda, whatever. Right, I mean, they're right. trying to figure this out because it is weird, you know? And we couldn't figure out why they have nothing. They don't need anything. They don't even right, have, right. they don't even have the desire to own anything. And the fact that they're in some sort of a vehicle that travels through space at some, in some way, shape or form, you know, their, 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 um, species just perpetuates itself because that's sort of the program. Right. That's what I contend. That's what I'm. That's and these guys may be different from other whatever that's out there. I'm sure there's more. So you think there's more than one species? Sure, sure. But I don't think there's. I mean, I've heard people say that there's hundreds of thousands. I've heard. Um, well, maybe there is. I mean, the universe is so vast. But right, the ones that come in contact with us, there's there's a few. few. Right, because I, I doubt. And, I, and sometimes you can five. attribute people's different experiences, like. You know, you you ran into the ones that want to use you like a lab rat, and right. then the other right. ones that eh, they want to observe you, but they're kind of a little bit more. You know, they kind of I understand about boundaries, kind of thing. Right, and you know, I'm I'm sure you know I I felt that because of what my mind was doing, and this thing is picking up on it. And I don't think it was scared, but it was unable to perform its duty because it was like I'm. I want to tear them apart. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, cause it's so, you know, early, earlier it was so scary. And then the second time where I'm just numb, I mean, it's just like, I'm in his presence, it's presence. And it just can't even function because of, of, of hopefully PTSD because I still have it. So I hope right. he does too. It does too. Well, Whatever it is. Do you think that they understand human emotions the way? No, 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 no way. Nope. No way. Right. 
So that's that's the that's the other thing. So that's that's why you know they see these reactions, see what we do. Um, you know, I can honestly say that if they see us, you know, we we kill each other. Humans kill each other. Right. We or we you know we drive these cars, and everybody has their own vehicle. You know, we you know or multiple vehicles or all this all these things. It's just not even. Because obviously, you know, you got to think about it. If you're traveling trillions of miles across space, or, or if you, your origin is right above Earth, and you're always sixteen thousand miles above Earth, and that's where you became, and that's where you still are, you you're not gonna, you can't have anything up there because um, it's ridiculous to have all these possessions. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't work, and. Um, so, you know, after billions of years of evolution or whatever it is, and trying to perpetuate that type of species, you just you can't have Do it. you think that, you know, some people theorize, especially some of the grays, that they're biomechanical, that that's why sometimes they don't seem to be or understand emotion because they're, we're talking, and maybe some type of android or something with a, well, biomechanical unit. What do you think? Well, you could say, yeah, it is, but then you could say, well, it's just, we're not used to that species. I mean, obviously, you know, they, they, they don't have a, a ship where there's a garden and then there's little creatures running around that they harvest off the ceiling and they're eating those, you know, it's going to be more simple than that. I mean, obviously the, the, they could be part of this craft that they're in and the craft could be part of them. They could be made out of the same material. They sure. could be. They could, it all could be the same thing. You know, it started out as real, real simple. Um, and, uh, you know, just by accident, like us and how we evolved, natural selection is just really, it's really accidental. Um, mm-hmm. you know, um, they could be much simpler than us. And, um, you know, we could be part of their agenda for, you know, any number of reasons, but, um, you know, People think, well, you know, are they going to invade us? Are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? Well, they're not on, not even on the same time frame. Right. Well, we because are, you, you, know, you know, I've heard of the theory that basically they they send them to do the grunt work. Uh, you know that the ones that are really in charge, maybe we hardly ever see them, if at all. And they sent could... all these grays and things to do all this uh, the legwork. But you know it. it was, would probably be simpler than that because if you live in, in space, it's got to be, you know, it can't be as complex as, you know, um, you know, we can't think of, well, if they have this, you know, this, um, this, this element 115 or whatever, and they, they got to mm-hmm. have it because they're going to stick it in this thing. And it, there's right. these gravity emitters and stuff like that. I don't think it's that, that complicated. Um, you know, there, there's a way of traveling through space and, and time that time and space could have they could be stationary and time and space goes past them you know so so instead of them moving to get from here to there space is is flying along terribly fast and they mm-hmm. just stay in one place somehow and they're there they're there right so there's that nobody ever takes into consideration that if you're able to stand still in space you can get from a to Z extremely fast because space is just 
flying by very very fast so so what would happen though let's say let's let's go with that but then when you want to leave i mean is it a question of um because you know we're talking here inter or inter or interdimensional travel uh-huh. that we obviously kind of don't really grasp yet you know instead of you know how we always think of travel in space like light years that you say oh right. from this plus <laughs> point to this point it's x amount of light years because we're talking linear in the sense of we went from this point in a spaceship right keep in mind that there's three dimensions out there i mean there's not just here to here right there's here to here there's here to here um there's it's it's three-dimensional so um the fact that you know you you want to travel in a linear linear fashion is fine but you're also talking about space and you're also talking about time being that you did it once if you were able to do it once, you wouldn't have to do it again because you could just change the time. You wouldn't have to change the space. You okay. could change the space and get to a different time and then change the space or change the time. It's your choice. And but let me tell you be, something. That, is, that would be incredible technology if you had control And there like might that. be something else, but it might be real simple too because – Oh, sure. Of course. They've yeah. already lived it. They've already done it. They've already lived it. So – they could just wait to, to do it again and maybe it's on a different timeline but they changed a little bit so you know all these things are going on around them and they're just there you know and but they know it's coming so we can do this we could do we could do we could we could choose um you know we we can branch off here we can branch off there we don't have to do it exactly the same we can tweak it just a little bit and if you knew how to do that once it's already happened it's going to happen again or it's going to you know it happened hundred years ago, you could make it happen again just by being on that timeline. So, so time is relative. So if it, even if it didn't happen previously, maybe it did happen. That's oh, right. Stupid. From our perspective, it, it doesn't, you, just because it didn't happen doesn't mean just because it did happen, didn't happen doesn't mean, or it could mean it did. I mean, when you're talking about time and space all at the same time or one of the other, I mean, the possibilities are endless. I mean, you just can't think about linear. I mean, that's, we have that stuck in our mind. So of course, um, of course. Right. You know, and, and that's this, this is all that. deep in my skull and it makes sense to no, me. So. No, no, no. And you know what? Maybe one, <laughs> and once in, in the future, we'll look back and we'll go, it was so easy. You know, it, it took, you know, no, whatever, it's whatever. Not easy. Yeah. But it's, it's amazing that, that, uh, um, we still struggle to, um, you know, come up with these with these old fashioned concepts of, of linear time and space. It's just it's way yeah, more. Than you that. know, it's why? a three dimensional universe. I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna more go a little bit that. off 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 road here on this, you know, and you know because we sometimes you know we went to the moon, <laughs> okay, then we stopped going to the moon all of a sudden, right? And now here we're supposed to try to go in, but all of a sudden we're going to Mars, you know, and I think most people besides you know of course movies you know which is a lot of fx this is how we always think of you know traveling that away you know even when you see the star wars yeah you're going from there and yeah you've got that thing that will shoot you through but it's but you have these that's why we have this idea of how it's supposed to work right and you talk about dimensions how many dimensions are there what assistance would they provide i mean you don't we could i mean there's a way there's a way there's a way and um we're not going to find it in our lifetime, but um, doesn't mean that somebody that accidentally evolved in in 
you know, extra dimensions doesn't have a way to do that already. And it's, it's obviously, um, part of that, but, uh, to what degree we don't know. Do you, do you agree? All right. With that, we have benefited. In other words, that we have treated. Oh, how's this? Have we traded technology? Well, not traded because they probably there's nothing we can offer them. Or have we gotten something just because from UFO crashes? In other words, no. we've back engineered some stuff. Nope. Because neither he, we, you know, humans are extremely extremely smart. One of the reasons that people don't. I'm glad to hear uh, that. No, that I, they I, don't. Well. No, you know what? I I hate to say that. But the reason why I say that is sometimes I think we should get shortchanged that we think we that all these we technological do. advances are benefit of ETs. You know, people, people, first of all, don't realize how vast the earth is. They can't even, a billion people, they can't even comprehend mm-hmm. how many that is. So 50 years ago, um, if we had half the population and uh, we're working on technology, there's still 750,000 guys working on Right. 10 million different things and um you know you know even if you put a bunch of monkeys you know in right. for a for a infinite number of years at typewriters one of them will write the complete works of william shakespeare by accident you know right right exactly <laughs> Just, and so that can that happens you know and that does happen but you know we we've had people work in physics and chemistry and and um witchcraft and, and whatever we've always been extremely mm-hmm. interested in all of that and, and there's billions of people have been working on it night and day you know that right. with effortless or not effortlessly without without um you know some of pe- these people are really smart and some of these people have just um expended every ounce of energy that they had in their lifetime to create one simple concept that somebody else picked up on later i mean it's always cumulative they're, not only are they studying their own science, but they're learning from other scientists who also have contributed. So it's 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 a pyramid of knowledge that has built our pyramids by humans. Right. Okay. And I know what you're saying, where you're going with this, which is uh, so many people <clears throat> say, you know, um, we couldn't have, we couldn't have done it without somebody. Back then, and it, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I think of it without the cranes and things that we use, see, how did they do this? How were right. they able to design even, it? Even, even in the book it? of Matthew in the Bible, Jesus notices that that there's people, you know, why do you have these people, you know, doing all this work for you and carrying all these massive loads and, and you know, right. that. he's right in the right in the center of humanity of, of our of our planet at the time. So. Um, you know, and, and even our great Greek, um, you know, Aristotle and, and Plato and whoever, I mean, they've right. written some amazing things that they've seen people do and we just don't even, well, yeah, so they, they saw that, but, you know, obviously it was some ancient technology with this huge laser that's cutting these stones. No, I mean, that's, that's guys with, with rocks and chisels and, and um, I mean, it took them a long time just to right. develop some sort of tool to um, that's metal to uh, bust through rock. Prior to that, it was rock on rock. It was wood on rock. It was wood to wood. It was, you know, well, we, the, we've um, evolved. 
I think, uh, and, and I'm sure since you're into running, you know, back in 1954 when Bannister did that four-minute mile, which up to then was supposedly right. impossible. Nobody would, nobody would beat him. Nobody would break Right. Him. Until right. once he did it, then other right. people went al- right. came along. In other right. words, that the, the how can I say, the, uh, the stumbling block was on the mind, in other words. Right, right. And that that's how simple is running. I mean, anybody can right. run. You and I can run, you know. We can aspire to run a four-minute mile or a sub three fifty, whatever. But uh, you know, but and, really... and I think I'm not sure, but I think I heard that that doctors, like physicians, have said it's impossible for the human right. person, man, or right. whatever, to do that. Like, and everybody's buying into it. Like, okay, well, I guess I can't right. until somebody actually yeah. did it. And I, I guess I'm going down the road of the technology that once somebody does something, and you're like, okay, and then they just all they need is that little push or that idea and then they run with it and and the, the training regiment back then was totally different they probably i'm gonna go run a four minute mile then i'm gonna have drink a, a 12 pack or i'm gonna smoke yeah, you know exactly. I, mean, I mean once they they eliminated that you know and, mm-hmm. and diet alone i mean look what diet has done for athletes you know and um sure. you know there's and now there's electronic devices that um you know they can they can you can change your breathing and become a much stronger athlete than you were previously. Just there's, let me there's... tell you something. I went, I was doing research on a story and they were, and they had, it showed a picture of Babe Ruth golfing in a hotel down in Miami. <laughs> and this is, remember Babe Ruth is Babe Ruth. Right. And, he... and you say, you take that picture and you put him next to not even a, just a regular baseball player nowadays. Right, and it'd right. be like, this this Babe Ruth guy. This is this is him. This is the best. Right. You know, as far as the, the physique, how to differentiate what you were describing. As far as, and I know I'm gonna. I know that there's athletes that do take certain drugs. Sure. You know, but but let's take that out of the equation. Mm-hmm. It's incredible, like you said, what the difference has done between what was it, maybe a 50 year space of time, as far as athletes and you know, physical development and things like that. But, you know, I, I, I think, I don't know if it's Stephen Colbert or whoever would say, I want a, a uh, steroid baseball and football league. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? You know, and that's right. drugs. I mean, that's that's drugs. Yes, I know that. And um, you could do enhanced training techniques, which don't include drugs. But still, I mean, that's there's another thing that you could do that, that you know, pushes – pushes us even further and we come become different now obviously you know people look a lot different than they did in the 1800s you know sure. i think we're taller we're we're whatever you know it doesn't matter what how different we are but we are different so um that's a glint in time geologically speaking that's oh, nothing yes. when it comes to the size of our universe and, and and how big it is and how long it's been here that's nothing I mean, what does a million years look like? We're going to be vastly different. Of course. I don't want to see it. Of course. Oh, so I guess what? You don't think we're heading down the road? You know, physical, what do you think we're going to be just, uh, (laughs) what do you see those all big, big, a big brain with little skinny body because we don't don't do anything? Well, that's another thing. We we can enhance our body electronically. Um, Yes. You know, and that's just 
you know, and since 1995 or whatever, and, and things that have happened since then, it looks vastly different. Um, you know, we'll achieve that, you know, and probably in our lifetime, it's, you know, well, 15 years, it's going to be crazy. We're going to, you know, we, we, we don't even pay attention to technology hardly anymore because it's just so fast and there's so much, you know, and all of a sudden there's, here's a scientist in, in wherever. And it's just, he came up with this scary thing, you know, well, there's, there's a hundred thousand more scientists probably have something scarier and it's, it's astounding. I, I, We're living in a crazy time. I, I, you know, everybody's heard about uh, Dolly the sheep that she was cloned, and it was just like a one-off. And the other day, I'm reading an article where now, if you have the money, of course, fifty k right. for a dog and thirty five k for a cat, you can get your pet cloned. And I was like, right. I thought that you weren't allowed to do this. And no, you know. And of course, with CRISPR and all this gene editing. Because I was thinking, you know, Marlene, you're thinking about maybe 1960s uh, when they said the big head with the skinny body. I think it's what? Between the CRISPR, either you're perfect or you're part, you know, robotics. If, you know, if by any chance you still have something wrong with you. <laughs> because um, I sometimes, like you said, uh, I think there's a lot of labs doing experiments uh, with the human genome, uh, supposedly for perfecting, that nobody's aware of. Or maybe, or would not be allowed in a lot of countries, and um, you know, it makes you wonder again. You know, was this all by ourselves that we came up with this technology? Did we have help, uh, or where is it going to? I mean, I personally don't. I, I don't think we should tweak our genomes, and I'm not too thrilled with, um, with the uh, how can I say. Uh, the robotics part of it where, you know, I, I'm going to fall back on that trope from uh, Star Trek with Picard and the Borg, you know, right. yeah. all of a sudden that your humanity is uh, basically is not a good thing. Yeah. Well, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's um, one of the controversial things, you know, like COVID vaccine, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, my gosh, we've been vaccinating people and we've been, you know, you think about the first um, smallpox vaccine and that was like, it seems like the dark ages. I mean, if you, if you walked in and, and they said to you, well, we're going to vaccinate you for cowpox. But first what we do is we take a little cowpox from uh, this person over here. Who's kind of resistant, just scrape his skin, put it on a needle and jab you like four times. You know, I mean, that's what basically smallpox looked like back then. And and in the beginning and, um, so, um, you know, it, people wouldn't, would, would go nuts, you know, and, and we, you know, I don't even want to get into the whole vaccine thing, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, I'm just amazed that we tried and did something and, and obviously, um, well, I shouldn't say obviously, in my opinion, it's, mm-hmm. it's working out a little bit, but not as much as I would have hoped and, and um, it's definitely changed the way we're going to do science in the future or do you know, that in the future because, I mean, we do it overnight almost. Well, we have been able to. We just weren't allowed to 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 distribute it, really. I mean, we've been able to do a lot of things that we can't just do um, out in the open and, and allow doctors to take part in. We just we're, – we're not to that part. 
medical, scientific, ethics, whatever you want to call it. Well, I think that a lot of it has to do, like I tell everybody, you know what? I think a lot of people, if they're hesitant, is because, you know, you've always thought of any type of medical treatment that goes through a long series. As a matter of fact, sometimes they say it's overdone before they're brought to the public. I tell everybody, uh, not too long ago, was um, I had, my doctor says, have you had your tetanus? And I said, ah, you know what? I haven't. And I have a big property with a lot of junk that I could, I mm-hmm. said, give it to me, you know, because I understand I need, I, it's better to have my tetanus shot up to date. I didn't think twice about it. I'm not hesitant about something like this. But I think a lot of people, because of what's been happening, they're very like, wait a minute, like you said, this, this, this came through too quick. You know, why wasn't this studied further? Just in right. case, you know, right. uh, people and, and I and I understand and I think that a lot of and, and I think to be honest with you I, and I tell everybody human beings are creatures of habit and despite us sometimes wanting to be adventurous when things move along too quick for us we're like huh right then yeah <laughs> we're yeah. like whoa, well, so, whoa, whoa, whoa. so here here we were we have COVID and they're like we need to come up with something now and then when we do it's like yes. oh wait 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 I mean exactly but, uh, you, you exactly. mentioned tetanus and this is funny I've mentioned this before but I do my own mechanics on my vehicles I do uh-huh. I, I built a house I'm still working on that I do all kinds of stuff I'm getting tore up all the time I do my own plumbing so um I've probably had stitches five-ish times and I've gotten a tetanus shot each time so um, when I was in high school this is something I kind of started to do so last it was about one year ago um, I sliced right through uh, there and I had to go get some uh, stitches uh, so I, I she goes the lady at the the nurse who was stitching me up she goes well, when was the last time you had a tetanus shot I said I had no idea but I knew you're gonna ask me that she goes well we'll give you one I said how long have you been a nurse? And she's like 25 years. I said, how many cases of tetanus have you ever seen in your lifetime? And I ask that every time, every time. So I probably asked that three times. So let's say I did it over a period of 30 years and none of these people have ever seen that. You know what? But that lockjaw thing. Right. Nobody's nobody's seen it. And so I just, casually what are you trying to put in my arm there now but it's funny no no but... no you know what i probably hadn't had one like maybe in six seven years eight you know to be honest with you, the only time i've ever had it is because i've done something stupid and then years go by um and as a matter of fact i was out here and i stepped on a nail and it went like right it almost went into my foot but it went right. through my the bottom of my and that's why and it had happened recently before and it was like you know what last thing i need you know, it's something like this. Let me just be on the same. But I'm saying most people are middle of the road, I want to say, uh, as far as being cautious, but not being closed-minded. How's that? Right, right. And, and I, I mean, think that's where everybody's at. You know, anybody that's my age or older has had lots of vaccinations, and I've had my mm-hmm. share. But, um, you know, the tetanus shot hurts. Um, um, what's the uh, what's the shot um, that the variation of chicken, not chicken pox, but the other one. There's, um, uh, there's shingles. There's one. Oh my, so, I haven't had that and I'm not going to have that. Sorry. So, <laughs> so about right when COVID started, I got my shingles shot and then they didn't have a tetanus shot yet. So I, they need to give you two shingle shots. Shingles was painful. So much so that I haven't gotten the second one. <laughs> You're like, like, you, you, you can still get, and I will. They're like, you can still get the second one. And I, I said, I'll be back. It's got to be like, on a Wednesday night, you know, at the pharmacy <laughs> when there's nothing going on for the next four days because that one sucked. Um, yeah. I used to think that tetanus hurt. 
and I had had several, mm-hmm. but that shingles, um, get out, get your shingle shot because my wife had them and I know other people had them and it's not fun to get. I know, but you know what? Then I think back and it's like, man, I don't ever remember. And I want to do, I want to do what you just told me about the tetanus. I think back, remember, the, I remember seeing, and I go, man, I can't ever remember knowing anybody had shingles. You know, it's one of those things. No, like, I have. Do I know of anybody I, that had this? Yeah, yeah. And it was and like, no, usually, I don't. I knew, um, so one of my old employees that I had, I heard she had to leave her job. I haven't seen her in maybe like 10 years, but I heard she got shingles really bad and it spread to her foot. And um, she wears cowboy boots a lot. And um, it turned into something bad, bad, bad. Oh. And um, like, um, she didn't even realize it. She, you know, her foot itched, whatever. And it just, it went nuts. And, and, um, so, um, I don't even know anything about shingles. And I don't even want to. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, probably I, get I, you know, to me, it's like, I, I did the, uh, I did, I did what you did with the tetanus. And it was like, I think I'll pass on that. Thanks. Right. Right. You know, no, I don't, it doesn't, but you know, you know what? Think... I, I think the majority of people cam are really middle of the road. You know, I think a lot of people well, are, are like, yeah. uh, they're open-minded, but I, I don't blame them. You know, you, right. you're thinking, I gotta, I gotta see the, really what happens, you know, like, do you grow a head, come out of your shoulder, or is it, it's you like, know, 10 when, years from now, is everybody still okay? <laughs> when I was, when I was 18, it took 33 years to get a vaccine for whatever, and a yeah. hundred million people yes. died. But, you know, um, the example I always use is, is. And I, I've looked at it, and there's this guy that's on YouTube, and I think he's still around, the last American in the Iron Lung, talking about um, polio. And, wow. uh, yeah. you know, like when my parents were kids, or not kids, oh, but deal. later on, there was like polio season, you know, like mm-hmm. you couldn't go to a movie theater when there was a polio, or couldn't go to the swimming pool, swimming pools yes. and movie theaters. So they were, you know, they were locked down like every summer for four months or they, you know, depending on where you are in the United States, typically I think it was in an area that was warmer, that was more humid, that, you know, didn't have freezing temperatures like they do in Montana and people were, you know, and and it was, it was a horror story. People were getting locked in these iron lungs and there's 50 iron lungs in this building. And it was just these people in rows. And that is so, so dystopian, post-apocalyptic, whatever that I, I, and people lived it and the only reason that people aren't rushing out to get a vaccine or whatever is because they didn't live through that period even even the um, you know i remember going to the civic center in my town mm-hmm. it's just packed with people there's people lined up out the door getting a sugar cube with the with the polio yeah. vaccine and uh, or whatever it was and then um measles um and uh rubella whatever yeah measles, there was always rubella, that mmr yeah. right so you know we would go to school you had you had to have that you know and mm-hmm. um so yeah. um i I'm, I'm just i don't care what people do i'm just not afraid of vaccines i just had covid just got over it you know what i, um, I think i had it myself at some point real early and um looking back on it because generally i'm a healthy person and I, and then you know we got over it and it's been one of those things that, believe it or not, and, and I really laugh sometimes because you see the emphasis there is on washing right. your hands, and it's like I've been doing this all my life. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I oh, you know, like hello, People you know, of course it makes sense to hands. like wash your hands with soap, you know, right. and not just like at the beginning, at the end of the day, like 
depending on what you're doing, of course, it's like, I, and by this, I'm not talking about, I'm, I'm not one of these OCD people that's like, I got to wash my hands for every 30 seconds, but yeah, no. Nah. Yeah. First, first I was, first I, you know, my hands were, were just raw and then that ended and I kept washing and, uh, did you, did you, did I you, made did, it. Tell me the truth. Did you hoard toilet paper? Yeah. Of course, I'm just kidding. <laughs> of course, but I'm just kidding because I think I swear that's the one thing that if I think back on all of this, it was like what? <laughs> but I did it smarter because not all toilet paper is created equal. But thick stuff, you it may it may be as long as my house, but the 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 really thin government like stuff that's like yeah. 3,200 ply. That stuff I I was didn't have a lot of money. You know, 10 years ago, and I'd buy that toilet paper roll, and it would last. I would never have to change it. It was. It didn't matter if it got down to that big. That was a month and a half worth on one roll because it's like 1,600 ply. So everybody's buying the, the plush, soft All right, stuff. I yes. was buying that government right. micro thing. It's you know. like I, I know that's at some point eventually – you know, if not already, people will look back. You know how you look at certain things in history or certain right. events? And this will, this has got to stand out as, you know, like one of but those it, funny things. It wasn't only that. It was ramen. I mean, you still, my grocery yes. store here doesn't have any ramen. Really? And, and the, the ramen that they do have is a brand that you've never seen before. You know, it's... <laughs> no, and there's no ramen there. Um, so one of, my, so... one of my stores um, locally... Um, and it, this happened at a couple of them that I found out later, but they ran out of meat. So um, we have a lot of tourists here, so you uh-huh. know everybody's buying meat right now and they're camping. But um, but yeah, there's it's it's there's a supply chain issue for not only that but other things. And yeah, and um, you know there's a lot of there's stuff that we don't even think about that people just really care about, like Robitussin cough syrup. Go yes. try to find some tonight. You, you know, know and it's exactly and it's, what you mean until you need it. Until you, in other words, and until it's something that you need or want, or maybe normally that right. you realize, man, there's a shortage of this. And it's not whatever Robitussin cough syrup. It's like Tom's or Jim. Right, right, you know. Right. And then yeah. it's thin like water. It's not like what we what we were using pre-COVID. It's yeah, totally no, it's, it's watered it's, it's, down, whatever. Nobody's complaining about that. Well, I'm not going to use that, you know, because oh, sometimes at some point, you know, you're just like, I'm glad I got something like this, you know, because. Right. Right. And you know what? I tell everybody, since I was born and raised in Miami, and I grew up in the hurricane-prone area, and I lived through Andrew, and I know what it's like when there's no electricity, when your stores, you know, especially in an impacted area, are closed. If, you know, they're, they're the, the talk about bare shelves, I know what that's right. like. And you think a week is not really that long, but, you know, us wimps, myself included, <laughs> that are used to having on-demand everything, especially electricity, uh, you realize, man, being a little bit prepared it goes a long way. Yes, it does. Yes, yeah, it, it does. Really Especially does. you know, water and like, like I, I had to help my mom with some plumbing a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I was like, first thing I did was run upstairs. I got to wash my hands. Well, there's no water, you know. I was like, I can't yeah. wait to wash my hands. So I go into the ice tray and I'm melting ice. You know, yes. I was like, I could have waited to wash my hands, but. It's 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 all perspective. It changes every day. Um, be prepared and um, help out yeah. somebody else. Yes, yes. Don't just I've... think about 
you. you know? Yeah, of course. I we one time, uh, I just bought a house and this. Uh, what was it? It was well Katrina, which eventually you know when it came into Miami, it was a one, and eventually it left, and, it, and of course, and it went into New Orleans, and it. And I remember the house next door was a rental, and it was a single mom with two kids. And the landlord basically told her, hey, there's plywood out in the back. You want to, you put it up. And it was one of these older Florida homes that had those big, large, you know, jealousy windows, like the front of the house. That was a style of, that was built there. And, you know, uh, my sons and everything, we helped put up these, uh, you know, these things on the window. Uh, because that's, you know, what you do to help somebody out, you know. Uh, so I know exactly where you're coming from. Like, yeah. You know why? Why not help somebody that obviously is like stranded? Just because, even if you were a man by yourself, you there were pieces of wood that you needed two people to hold one end and then the other to put it into the window and hold it there. So yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking. I was about. I was in New Orleans the year that they won the Super Bowl after Katrina, and I I don't remember it was a couple years after Katrina, mm-hmm. and I, they were no way. I was surprised that they were having the Super Bowl because, I mean, it was her, they were ready for the Super Bowl because I didn't think right. that town wasn't anywhere near what it had been prior to that, and it was bleak. I mean, there, you yeah. walked off Bourbon Street one block, and there was people with blue blue tarp roofs, you know, yeah. and they did for years. I mean, look at go to Google Maps right now and look at the look at the satellite view. There's still blue tarps all over. Yeah, yeah, people. Know? People don't realize, I, I was living in Homestead when Andrew came through in 92 in South Florida, Miami, and what they call South Dade County. Right. And I mean, everybody's seen the pictures because, of course, in the immediate, you know, they, they everybody was running publications. But people don't realize that for a long time, because there's only so many roofers, there's only so many builders. So what do you do so that you don't get rained on? You have to put, for years, exactly like what you described, that happens sometimes because there's only so much work. Right that whoever's out there can can do people you know once the news fades from the headlines it's the people that are there that you know so what you're describing i totally understand and then unfortunately in some areas they've kind of kind of fall into this repair because people just up and leave you know everybody yeah and then everybody goes down there to get jobs and and when you didn't have enough roofers people became roofers oh sure of so course. um you know of that's course. part of who we are and and uh, maybe they're not the best, but right now you don't get the best. Oh no, no, people! It, it's that's what I'm saying. It, everything your 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 reality shifts. Your reality mm-hmm. shifts as far as what your expectations are when you're really in need versus well, you know, I think I'll get us some references and let me look you up. Let me give me right. an estimate and I'll get back to you. <laughs> One of those deals. But uh, you know what? What when you said I want to. Real quick, go back to you said that you grew up in an area where there was a lot of cattle mutilations. Mm-hmm. These ranchers, did they understand that it wasn't a predator? Did or did they think it was a predator? What was absolutely? They they, they knew it wasn't. I mean, was. they would go. They they you know they all have heavy equipment, so they would go mm-hmm. get a front end loader, and they had a low spot on their property where they would dump it over the edge, and there it would stay. And um, decay and get eaten by coyotes and oh, that, Well, that was going to be my other question because I've heard in some instances where some of these mutilated uh, carcasses, 
predators will stay away from them. It's almost like normally, you know, this thing would be gone in two days. Mm -hmm. And in some cases I've heard that they, like you said, they, you know, like where it is or they dump it somewhere. It's not like, or it doesn't get buried and just, it just desiccates. I think the, the, the predators, I mean, that, I don't think that's the case, but the predators, they change a little bit. I mean, if you, you mm -hmm. have a predator that, that just ate, you know, there's three cattle laying in a ditch somewhere and, um, they fed on that for a week. They, okay. they, they're not going to come back. I mean, they're not a, they're not a, um, predators and as well as deer, antelope, elk, things like that. They, they're browsers. They go here, 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 here. They don't just stay in the same place. I mean, as far as how they've evolved and have survived for millennia, whatever, how long, um, that's because they're always on the move. So they, they would, they would probably not avoid it on purpose, but just avoid it because that's part of their genetic makeup. But, um, um, I remember there's a couple, so but within about six to seven miles, of, of where I lived. I mean, as kids, we'd walk out on the prairie and there was these spots, you know, we knew there was always dead cows there. You know, mm -hmm. when I was really younger, like seven, eight years old, we, my brother, we'd go out there and we'd look down there and look at these dead cows. We didn't know why they were there or what okay. we just figured they died somewhere and, um, which they did, but, uh, um, it's common, you know, um, and nobody, you know, we, I remember when it was, big on the news at school, you know, when I was in grade school, later grade school and high school, we talk about it and I'd ask the farm kids all about it. You know, we talk about it all the time and, um, they're all friends of mine. Still, I have, you know, friends who experience that, know about it. And it's just the way it is. It'd become after a while. After a yep. while. What do you do? And, I mean, that's, it is, it is that. Right. We get, and I guess, being a rancher, I've never been a rancher. Like I maybe think, okay, I know I'm gonna, I might lose X amount of heads to to predator, regular, normal, everyday predators. Right. Okay, but I guess in somewhere it became like you said, what's the use? Of, who am I gonna? I'm gonna call the sheriff and he's gonna look at. Well, and go, initially, uh, of course, they did, you know, and it was yeah. reported. Well, that you know, this Mr. Clark um, experienced this, but then then what, you know? Um, you, you don't call up your county extension agent in the morning and say, you know what? I lost, I had aliens last night. I lost two cows and I've had enough. We got to stop this today. And what are they going to do? Nothing. So that's, it's just like anything else, you know, um, you know, we had, you know, when they reintroduced wolves in Montana, you know, the ranchers, you know, we lost, you know, four sheep to wolves. They're still losing them. There's nothing they can do about it, except now they have a wolf hunting season. I guess we could really like what like, their numbers have gone up so much that they can they actually there's, have. There's, I, I could go see a wolf tonight probably if I wanted to. So, so have especially you seen any down, cryptids out there. Let me just let me just let's just, just go there. Um, no, have you seen any? No, no, um, cryptids. No, no. And mind you, I'm not specifying. When I, any. In college, I drank a little bit. I saw something, but I don't. I'm not even talking about that, but you know, but why? Yeah. What do you think it was? No, I don't know. I don't that that I don't know. I know a lot of people are into it, and I've you know done my share of interviews on that, and um, um, you know, like anything else, that you know, my stupid question is, well, where's the evidence? Well, where's the evidence of anything? You know, oh, so here I am talking about evidence, and then I'm asking, you know, I'm a hypocrite, but um, 
Well, sometimes so the best you can get is a, a ton of, you know, eyewitness reports yeah. of, uh, yeah. you know, you know, the one time I, I, uh, I interviewed a gentleman who's passed away since he was the, he had a called the Alabama Bigfoot Society. He had established this in 19, the 1970s. And he told me the story. He says, Marlene, you know what? Got to the point where people would see something like on the road, they're driving, they call the police. The police would be, we can't do anything. They would bring him to my house. And he says, right. and these people would tell me stories about seeing something. He goes, whether, I don't know what they saw, but they believed that what they saw was, in other words, it wasn't like a normal stuff. They were scared enough. Right. He says a couple of times they even told him, sir, can we stay here until daybreak because we don't want to drive home? He says, he goes, I don't know what they saw, whether it was real or, or a mistake. He says, but I had enough people come here and tell me, be totally, that they were not lying. They were not making this up. They really believed that they had seen something that didn't quite fit into the uh, the normal stuff that you could think of, that you would see crossing a road in the backwoods of Alabama kind of deal, you know? So, again, whether it's real or a mistaken whatever. Well, just this, my last story, let me just tell you this. I okay. was... Uh, two weeks ago, I was at the doctor, and this is funny because okay. I don't even remember how we started talking. Now, in addition to podcasting, what you know, I podcast about. I had mm -hmm. another one, entertainment related one. I know what it was. So we live in an area kind of has some celebs, whatever. And um, and I said, yeah, I I interviewed um, I interviewed somebody, whatever. And I said, oh, he goes, what? And I said. Oh, I have a pod. Did a I do a couple podcasts? I do. I did one for a while, entertainment, so related to that. And I do another one. It's it's UFO related. Da 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 da. And he goes, really? And I said, yeah. So he was interested about it. And he goes, you know, my son works for whatever lumber company, and he goes up to Crane Mountain. And at the end of Crane Mountain Road, there they saw there. That's one of the hottest Bigfoot spots i mean this is seven miles from me and i'm like mm -hmm. it is you know i said i had no idea so i looked it up and yeah there there's a, a bigfoot sighting website and it has some accounts okay. wrote there so that was interesting so um i'm gonna look into that well it's one of those things where you know i, I say well okay when you discount the people that are lying when you discount the people that are mistaken uh, when you discount the people that are either, you know, mental illness, drugs, or in and or alcohol, we take that out. You still get a lot of people describing stuff that it's like, you know, could they all be wrong? Could they all be mistaken? Could they all be lying? Could they all be like a, delusional? I have a cousin but, who um, basically grew up with my older brother, um, didn't live with us when I, after I was born, but... Um, he was a big, big elk hunter and he had an elk camp that they would go back. And he said one night, like two in the morning, this guy, they can hear this guy screaming. He comes running in and he's like soaking wet he, and it's mm -hmm. like zero outside cold. And um, he was ran from his camp because he was chased out by a Bigfoot, which is this area is known for. And um, he ran and he ran and ran. He uh, crossed a river in the middle of the night in pitch black mm -hmm. darkness, um, had no idea the guy could see a little bit of light from their camp and ran for miles. And they drove him back to his truck, which was over there, his camp, and drove a long ways. And he had been running a long ways, soaking wet in the dark. Again, 
That's the you only know. reason I would do that is if I saw that, I would do that too. <laughs> Be like, no shame in that. It's I'm like, not, I'm gone. I'm not, I don't have that much pride where I'm going to say, I'm not, you mean doing, you're not I'm, you're, I'm gone. I'm done. I'm you're done not going to do any of that bark thing. You know, that tree for, knocking no, thing. Forever, forever. I'm done in the woods. <laughs> I'm not going back. I'm, that's it. That be the end of your camping, hiking slash yes. whatever. No more camping. No more hiking. I'm living in my small, quiet town where nothing happens. Yeah, so, I'm telling you. Go. That's why there's a lot of people that sometimes oh, I wish I could have a close <laughs> encounter with dot 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 until they have one, and then it'd be like it's over. Yeah, yeah. I'm moving to the middle of a really busy city. Cameron it has been absolutely wonderful to talk to you. It's okay. a blast. It has been great. Looking forward to this. Thank you. Do for... you do you, do you, um for my po- I'm gonna have a link to your to your show on the credits of the of this show. But what's for my podcast listeners? What's your website or whatever? Don't don't, don't listen to me. Listen to Marlene. This is no. This is, don't this do is that. A, this is a good show. No, <laughs> no, no, a, no. This was good enough. Let me tell you something. One of these days, you got to come back, and I'm gonna tell you. Uh, some of the the people that called me for hypnosis that had stuff weird yeah, well, stuff cryptid related to that 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 when I heard it I was like at the beginning you know as years go by you hear things and at the beginning you're like oh okay but then when you have other people and then you're like God but yeah really really about, weird I want to stuff. talk about your, I want to ask you questions about what you heard here on this show because I like looking I like I love your introduction I love oh thank you this it's all cool. So thank you. My my I do have a website. It's www.myalienlifepodcast.com. I was also the host of Inside the Guest Studio, which I've added those um, really cool interviews to um, to my to to my alien life because I didn't want to pay to have them somewhere else anymore. So mm-hmm. um, it's not free, and uh, so that's my website. You can find whatever you want on there. Okay. I'm adding to it all the time. And sure. um, I'm sort of on a bit of sabbatical right now because, as I told you, I'm building a house and I have a lot going on right now. And, uh, are you? Are been, you? Are you? You been, said you you wrote a book. You said. Yeah, I'm, I have to do that too. I mean, I'm just trying to cram that in. It's been so. I was going to say, do you have any upcoming projects? But that yeah, house building part. Yeah. You know what? Everybody I've ever spoken to that either build a house or remodel a house, they walk away from the experience saying never again. Right. Right. I mean, <laughs> here. Winter lasted until about May one, and then it rained until um, a week ago constantly. So I'm I'm trying to find the energy to. Let me ask you: Are you are you close like to Yellowstone? A, we're um, well, I'm I'm in the north um, west part of Montana, but Yellowstone's down um, central south. So yeah, it's three hours. I guess. Oh no, no. The reason I was asking is that I heard that like Montana that or the Yellowstone area. It was like. They had to close the park down. It was like what? Oh, water! Yeah, we had flooding here too. Yeah, it rained. It rained everywhere. It doesn't rain like that, Montana. I mean, okay. Montana. I was joking, showing yesterday, like Central Montana had like fifteen percent humidity, whereas whereas like the East Coast had like eighty one percent. Yeah, and it was both sunny days. I mean, it's so dry here you can't even imagine. But for some reason, you know, we would get. Even when it's even when it's pouring down rain, it's only eighty percent humidity, wow. which is it's just weird here. It's dry. It's it's an anomaly. That's it's interesting. paranormal. That, that, that. Yeah. I mean, tell you, I was in Montana. I went to Yellowstone. Was it uh, summer of eighty four? I remember it was June, and they you still had snow drifts going into like the, alongside the road. Yeah, into Yellowstone, and that was June. There's still the Glacier Park where I'm where I'm at now. There's still 
like 13 feet of snow up there and they're not going to open the road, which is, you know, the major thoroughfare through the park for the 4th of July. Um, wow. Yeah. You, you look, cool. you look right out my window here and there's, oh, the mounds are all white. That's Tops. incredible. People don't realize like how, what would you, what do you guys have? Oh, like two months of summer, I guess, if that much. Um, it depends. Um, last year it was hundred degrees for two months here. It's terrible. So bad. So bad. Wow. So was that your who knows song? What or what was that? I don't know. I didn't hear it. I must have been on your end. No. It's silent here. Really? No. Oh, I could have. I hit this little, my little $20 microphone. I, I'm not kidding. And when I get to, when I replay this, it sounded like a little dog barking. I swear. Right. And I know the, because I have mine, but why are we the, out the in the spirit of somebody's so? dog? Is in my house. That could be what's going on. When I get it, I'm going to see. I'll splice it all, all, and I'm going to send it to you. And I'm looking at it. It It was at one point about one point four two something like that. You know. Yeah. Give me the give me the clip, and I'll put it in um, GarageBand. I'm going to analyze that. Okay. Okay. uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, it it came in through it it came in through my headset, so I know it didn't. It wasn't from the exterior. So anyway, hey, Cameron. All right. You're being haunted by a chihuahua. That could happen. That could happen, right? Take care. You Bye-bye. take care. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Wow, guys, this has been great to talk to him, isn't it? <laughs> you know what? I had one show like uh, three or four years ago where we we got um, me and um, Mike Gress, he was... Uh, uh, Christopher George, he was at the very end of the interview, very clearly a meow, like meow, meow, like a cat meowing. And we both assumed it was each, the other one, it was your cat, my cat. And then I'm thinking, of course, I didn't have cats. And later on, I spoke to him, I said, by the way, and he goes, I don't have any cats. Now, what's really funny is earlier in the interview, he mentioned something about his mom and her cat. I kid you not. But it's one of those things that the conversation it speeds along and then at the very end, very clearly you hear the cat meowing in the background. Well, not the background. You see it come in through the conversation. So that's why when I said this is like, well, now, now I'm going to the dogs. But anyway, guys, it has been fantastic to speak to Cam. And of course, I, I'm going to put a link and I, I urge you to go to his podcast, My Alien Life. And he's got he's on YouTube and everything. Because you could tell it's a, it, he's got a very open mind and obviously he's had a lot of experiences. Um, let me tell you something, that two and a half hour thing, that's torture. Because, you know, you, you hear about people having uh, sometimes seeing things maybe seconds, maybe even a minute. Or even when they have recovered memories, it's a memory. How's that? But to actually witness something for that length of time. That's incredible. You know, thank God he was a young guy when he saw that because I could see that happening to somebody older who'd just die on the spot. Like, the, it would be too much. I can't handle this. That's like, let me torture you. And then it makes me wonder when I ask him because he's describing where maybe this thing is with him, monitoring him, whatever. That it makes you wonder, had this thing always been around but for some reason that one particular day he was able to actually see it? Uh, maybe it was there all the time, 
and maybe the force field, I don't know, this is me making stuff up. The force field went down, the cloaking device went down, or something shifted in his brain. You know, something that happened maybe when he goes into sleep paralysis. God knows. And when normally he could not see, he was able to see. And it wasn't that that thing was there two and a half hours. Like, yeah, I'm here all the time. It's just that you're being able to see me. And it, and the re, and I forgot to mention it to him. You know, there was um, a lot of people. Uh, well, not people. People that like hypnotists, whether they're doctors, that practice hypnosis, that delve into the area of spiritual attachments, have uh, described where under hypnosis, um, a client will describe that they have an attachment, but it's not a spirit or what you would think of. Uh, they, their attachment is an ET. And in some cases, this ET is there for what they call observation. They're monitoring the person, but they're part in part of their etheric body. All right. This is why when he said that, that thing was next to him, I was like, man, this sounds very familiar to some of the literature that I've read about of people, um, hypnotists going in and doing uh, work with somebody, spiritual attachment, and they think, is it a dead person or in some cases something non-human? Come to find out that non-human is like not, not even, it's it's an extraterrestrial. And they've attached, and uh, I mean, that's the process as far as that is monitoring this human being. And uh, a lot of this, believe it or not, dates back to the 1980s, 1990s, uh, where uh, there's a process where people under deep under hypnosis, you could scan your body. And they will, by the way, it's like seeing, but of course your eyes are closed. And where basically you could see things in your body. Um, sometimes at first they'll describe it as a certain color or something that it doesn't have shape. And then when they look closer at it, and I'll give you an example. <clears throat> Let's say somebody that said, you know what? I have this really bad pain in my knee, whatever, you know. Doctors have looked at, I, I've never had any injury to explain it. I've gone to my doctor and the best they can do is like, I, there's nothing wrong. I mean, I can give you pain relievers, but there's nothing there for me to treat as far as this is your diagnosis, but they still have some type of pain or whatever. And then they've gone through this and they've seen an attachment to that knee. Sometimes they've discovered, believe it or not, um, dead relatives, let's say one that you had a bad knee, the point being that they start that, that attachment. And, and I'm giving you the condensed version, you know, the Evelyn Woodspeed reading course on this description, where basically you manifest the physical symptoms that this person had when they were alive. All right. And that's a whole different thing. Uh, it could be in other parts of the body. It could be in the throat. It could be this, it could be in the head. Sometimes some people will see it as inanimate objects and sometimes in you know, animate, but different objects. And then my point being, let me get beyond this. In some cases when they've done this and through, of course, somebody that's trained to do it, what they've discovered is an ET attachment. So that's, uh, again, that's what I was thinking when he said that. And, and I forgot to ask him, but, and I have a feeling that his answer would be yes. 
based on what he said, but you know, a lot of people think that paranormal as in ghosts and things like that, of that nature, if you want to call it the paranormal and the UFO ET things is like those two paths never shall cross. Like, no, UFO, ufology is here and paranormal is here. And let's not like, in other words, you'll have people that will believe in UFO slash ET, but forget about the ghost stuff, whatever. But I'm going to retell something I heard earlier today, which I thought made a lot of sense. And this was the uh, Travers, you know, that uh, that he, um, I don't know if any of you are familiar with, well, Skinwalker Ranch, of course, a lot of people have heard about Skinwalker Ranch, you know, out in Utah and things like that. And um, now the they, they, they've, I think it's the History Channel. The History Channel has a new, um, a new show. Well, I want to say it's going into its third season, and again, they're trying to do what the prior uh, owners did, which was basically conduct, observe with cameras, and conduct experiments at the same time, trying to either capture anomalies. Or see what the source is, or in some cases, give an explanation. Why is this? Why is this happening? And um, there's a there there's a lead. Um, you know, the, basically, and I have to give it to them. They, you know, the people that are on there are really uh, top notch. I consider they. How can I say it? What I like about it is that they. Uh, they try to look at everything first as a, how can I say it? From a scientific perspective, let's find a scientific explanation for this. Okay. Now the lead one in this latest thing is Dr. Travis Taylor. And he's a God, I want to say he's an astrophysicist. This guy is, you know, and I remember seeing the beginning when it came out that he was hardcore this is strictly a scientific approach. And today I oh, I listened to a snippet. I wanted, I think it was George Knapp that was interviewing him. And George Knapp is asking him about unusual experiences he's had besides what obviously what's been filmed. And he's saying how one time they had, and I remember this part of the show, but obviously this happened off the show, where they had brought in a rabbi to the ranch and the rabbi basically had uh, found an area where he thinks there was a portal. And they redid it. Then later on he says where this rabbi approached him and says, they told me that they're going to come and see you tonight. And he, of course, says, and who's they? And he goes, well, whoever is here. Okay. So he says, he's describing, <clears throat> or that night he goes to sleep and he says, I, you know, I guess he sleeps on a trailer on the, on the, the ranch. And he says, you know, my doors are locked, you know, my out in my room. And he says that he's sleeping and very similar to what Cam is describing. He has what he thinks is a dream. To him, it's a dream. Okay. But very realistic where the door of his room opens, slides open. Because remember, this is a trailer, a mobile home. And this very old-looking Native American man comes in, shakes his head at him, and then touches, puts his finger to his cheek. Okay. End of story. He gets up the next morning, or I don't know how soon after. 
goes to the bathroom and he's like ready to splash. I think, as a matter of fact, no, I take that back. I don't think it was the next morning. It was like, you know, you wake up and like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Wow. That was a head, you know, splashes water on his face. All of a sudden he looks and he's got a mark on his cheek where this, whatever it was, Native American touched him. And by the way, and he says, he describes in it where he had it for days afterwards. He says, and he goes, it wasn't something like where, you know, and of course, of all places, your your face. And the reason why I say this is, I think it happens to anybody. Sometimes you get a bruise and in some part of your body, like your leg or your arm or your, then you look and you see the bruise. And then sometimes you don't even remember how you got it. Or you remember, oh man, yeah, a couple of days I hit myself. But when you, it's something on your face that you normally see a lot, whether it's the mirror, you know, you are aware of something appearing on your face that wasn't there before. His point being, this wasn't like a a bug bite or something where he slapped it away. And yeah, I knew that I had a, you know, an insect bite. All right. And again, you know, if anybody's familiar with the show, you realize that he's, he's kind of a pretty much science-based, let me measure it, uh, capture it, uh, whatever, even if he can't explain it, but at least it's like, and of course, like what we were discussing with Cam, this was not something, some type of proof that you can replicate it or that you can even capture it and say, look, this is what I saw through my eyes and my mind, whatever you want to call it. Um, and also that you could say, okay, was it suggestibility that he had a rabbi come and tell him some, they're going to come to you tonight. And who was they, whoever's there, the next thing you know, but he had that mark there. You could say, okay, you know, he was primed. He was primed. This holy man from the Jewish religion who's there says, you know, the portal and everything at this place and this part of the ranch. And he's like, yeah, scientists are not. And he primed you good. And of course, you had this dream, which a lot of the history of Skinwalker Ranch is tied to the Native Americans of that area. So, of course, you had this really, you know, but that part of that you still have the mark on your skin, it's almost like a... You want to say that it's almost like I'm going to give you proof as in him, the, Travis Taylor. I'm going to give you proof because you're such a scientist that there are things that here that you can't measure or that are not part of your science world or your science reality. Because I know that when you wake up, if I don't do this to you, you're going to think it was a great, wow, out there dream, but that's the extent of it kind of deal. Yeah, when I heard that story, I was like, wow, that's incredible. So yeah, I think that in some in some cases, maybe more than we don't really understand, there is an overlap of UFO slash ET, um, paranormal, even cryptids, because you know, you always hear of an uptick in cryptid sightings, along with... Um, UFO sightings, it's, and of course, some people keep track of this, but yeah, in some cases, they're each separate, and other times, in some weird way, they overlap. How? I don't quite, I think not many people understand that. Um, anyway, guys, I hope you like the show. Please come back every week. I have a lot of great guests. Again, sign up for my newsletter on Substack, okay? Uh, go to MyAmigosChronicles.com. I have links to everything. I have links to the videos. I have links to the podcast. All my podcasts besides this one. The one on uh, Supernatural Storytime for Scary Stories, Nightshade Diaries, Classic Adventure Ghost Stories, 
Um, you know, of course, I have Erie.news. Erie.news, I'm putting it at, I'm up to about three, every three to four days. Um, I give you a video and a podcast version, and I just go through some of the headlines, weird stuff, unusual stuff, you know, things like that. Uh, and I'll read it off to you. Uh, and you know what? And the reason why, besides my own personal interest, is like that why be normal thing. Um, it's like, you know what? A lot of the headlines nowadays are just, they're kind of depressing for lack of a better word. So I was like, okay, you know what? Let's, let's go off into this other re- version of what's still going on in our world. Because believe it or not, despite all the crazy stuff that's going on, and, and by this I do mean, do not mean to diminish the importance of a lot of things going on. But it's almost like we forget that there's other parts of our world, of our lives, of our existence, whatever it might be, that still are going on. They don't stop. You know what's that saying? Time stops for no man. Well, same thing. And sometimes it's like, let me take off this crazy, worrisome, um, you know, existence of worrying about things. Like he was saying shortages, you know, all that stuff to, okay, you know what? There's other things going on in this world. Okay. That sometimes fall under the radar. They're still going on. Okay. Because like he, and, and Cam was right. You know, our existence really is a blip is too much. It's a mini micro blip in the timeline, but it is our reality. It is our reality. So anyway, that's why I do eerie.news so that people can listen to something and go, wow, that's, that's really unusual. Like that's really, <laughs> yeah, you're kidding. That kind of deal. So again, guys, don't forget, come back every week. I have a lot of fantastic guests coming on. I know you're going to like them. Uh, new ones like Cam and then other ones that are coming back for round two. Till then, take care.